When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, here we go again, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Memorial Day weekend. I know it's Tuesday now, but we are recording this on Memorial Day, so happy Memorial Day to everybody. Um, We're back in the Schultz's basement here with another episode ready for you guys. I am Tommy Coughlin, your current host of Pipe It Up. Cue the intro. Alrighty, here we go. Buckle up. We got another great episode inbound. Um, first and foremost, alongside me here, I have once again, Daniel Schultz. Daniel, please, a round of applause for him, the man of the hour. Dan, how are you feeling today? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's always good to be on. Yeah, Dan, it's been a pleasure. Um, I think this is what our fourth week together, something like that, fourth or fifth week, and uh, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's been good. Uh, it's been good chit chatting down here. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the fans, I think the fans like the content we're putting out. So um, we'll keep it going. I do think Jack Agner is returning from vacation um, later this week, and I know he really wants to get involved with this show. So I would not be surprised if he was on here as a co-host um, either next week or the following week after that. But let's get into today's show. Um, on the agenda today, we have we're gonna do a recap of the Predators versus Magic series. So if you have not seen that video yet, go on YouTube and check that out, and then come back to this podcast. We're gonna preview the next series, which is Eagles versus Cobras. Then we'll get into our fan question of the day, another tail derail, and then we're gonna kind of just see where this podcast and conversation takes us after that. But we've got that much planned out so far. So all right, let's get into it. So Daniel, um, to recap. Predators versus Magic. Um, that was the first series for each of these squads in 2021. Predators won the series two out of three, and they were pretty dominant overall, in my opinion. Um, what are your thoughts? My thoughts were just like the Preds just looked great hitting, you know, and Ryan looked dominant as usual on the mound. It's awesome that Alec got his 100th home run. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Warda. 100 home run club. But, yeah, I was a little uh, disappointed in the Magic. Um, thought they struggled a little bit without Agner. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the Preds got the bats going. Russell really surprised me. Rudy had a hit or two. Uh, Ward had three home runs, and even Ryan had a home run. So Preds are looking great as always. Yeah, I was surprised to see Ryan um, look as good as he did. I think that was his first time pitching this year, and he looked – he was locked in for sure. And um, they hit the ball well, as you mentioned. I, I was also disappointed in the Magic a bit, mostly in their pitching staff. Yeah, um, Ryan's a tough pitcher to hit, so I have sympathy for their hitters. But um, Chadwick looked really solid last year, and it wasn't that he was necessarily off or anything against the against the Predators, but um, I don't think he was mixing up his arsenal enough. It seemed like the Predators were just seeing the ball really, really well out of his hands, and it showed in that last game where they were raking the ball. I think they put up a 10 spot off of him in the, in the third game, and you never want to see that against your ace. Um, you know, when you're a fielder out there, you feel pretty hopeless when guys are just hitting the ball and hitting the ball hard every time. So, um, And then Liam Jackson, another guy who I have very high expectations for, as he played well last year, really. He came on late, um, pitched phenomenal, and hit the ball very, very well. So, in my opinion, um, Chadwick, Liam Jackson, and Jack Agner could be a very solid three group of three in this league. Um, Curdy was kind of a sub this week. I don't know how much regular playing time he'll see going forward. But nonetheless, I do think that the expectations for both Chadwick <coughs> and Liam Jackson um, 
are higher for me and for themselves. I think they're also disappointed in themselves in the outcome of that series. But we're going to get the captains on the line. We'll talk with Crash, see how he feels about his performance and his team's performance. Um, although I guess Ward is the captain, but Ryan's the ace, so I call him a captain. And then um, we'll get Chadwick on the line as well as Jack is still on vacation. So we'll get we'll get two players, one from each team, and um, see how they're feeling about their series outcomes. So first we will give Ryan Cratch a call here. Ryan was once a host of this show. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder, maybe a he'll come back. Ago. A long time ago, Ryan was a host along with Drew Davis on this show. So I'm sure he'll be happy to talk to you guys once again here. Let's see what Ryan's got for us today. Hot on the line. Tommy, what's up, man? What's up, Ryan? How you doing? I'm good. How are you, bro? Doing great. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling in with us. Uh, we're happy to have you back on the show. A show you once hosted, as I just mentioned. So the fans are happy yeah. to have you back on. Um, yeah, we just wanted to, you know, Dan and I just recapped real quickly the, the last series, Predators versus Magic. And, um, you know, you guys took it two out of three. And I wanted to hear your thoughts um, on your performance and the Predators' performance overall. Yeah, so um, with my performance, I was pretty happy. Obviously, I, I pitched pretty well. Um, at the plate, I wasn't so happy in the first two games. I just, you know, wasn't seeing the ball well. But that does come with, you know, just being off for so long. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all around, I'm happy with our team's performance. You know, Warda with three homers, yeah. Russ with two. And Rudy showed a lot of potential that you might not have been able to see on camera just, you know, with just contact and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. But, that's a good um, point to make. Um, you know, overall, I'm happy. Obviously, we're pretty upset about the game two loss, and you know that was kind of a trend last year, and I'm really not having it this year. I really hope that that doesn't continue. So hopefully, our new pickup Stephen can uh, fill that role responsibly, and we can end up, you know, getting more sweeps. You know, just mm-hmm. it, it's really, you know, uh, discouraging when that happens. Yeah, I know it's a tough spot for um Warda or Russell or actually, you know what, Rudy didn't pitch too bad. But no, he did. Talk no, about he um, talk about the Stephen kid and um, your hopes for him. So, do you think he'll step in right away and be your number two on the mound? Yeah. So, um, obviously, he goes to school with me. So, I've been, you know, not really training him, but just you know, practicing and stuff, playing around with uh, some grips and everything with him all year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's definitely going to take him a minute to find that strike zone. I mean, people don't understand how small it really is once <laughs> you're up on the mound. It's so true. So, um, I think that. Once he finds that zone, it might take him a game, maybe two. Once he finds it, though, that he'll be a pretty reliable number two. Okay, yeah. Yeah, what Daniel and I touched on, um, you know, we thought you guys, well, first of all, I commended you for your performance on the mound, as I know you hadn't pitched in a little while, but you were quite locked in and very dominant. Um, and then we also said the bats came alive, you know, magic or Chadwick is the Magic's ace, and you guys lit him up in the third game. Right, so um, right. it, was, it was impressive. It was impressive for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously – I think part of that comes with being, I think uh, Kyle said four of our last six series have been against each other. Oh, wow. Us and the Magic. So, you know, that kind of just comes with seeing him as much as we did. Yeah, for sure. Right. All right. Well, yeah, that makes sense. And we've talked about that on this show a lot over the years, how like Mm -hmm. Daniel, Kyle, and myself, who've been around for so long, are very comfortable against each other in the batter's box because we've seen each other so much. So, yeah, the fact that four of your last six series are against them, that makes it uh-huh. makes sense for you guys hitting the ball, but it also makes your performance even more impressive. So, congratulations mm-hmm. on the first series, and um, oh well, thank you. I Thanks. think you are scoring off with the Mallards here in about a week's time. So uh, we'll, we'll look forward to that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Thanks for calling in. Have a good rest of your Memorial Day. Yeah, you too, Tommy. All right. 
That's interesting. I didn't know that um, they played each other that much, but it rings a bell because they had that epic. Um, they had a postseason series, didn't they, last year? Between what teams? Predators and Magic. Uh, yeah, the ALDS. Yeah, that was a great series. The Magic were right there in that series too, and that was a series that Liam Jackson played really, really well in, and that's why I was surprised that he didn't play so well um, this past week. But um, it is what it is. It's a long season. Um, they still got four more series total, so twelve games. And the Magic, we've seen it year after year. They don't always have the strongest starts, but um, they seem to find a way. And I think Jack Agner could be the spark that they need, getting their fearless leader back. And uh, and yeah, so Magic fans, keep your heads high. Believe in this team, believe in Jack, and um, believe that these guys can bounce back. Yeah, I think the Magic will be fine. They they have a better secondary pitcher than basically any team in the AL. They, they got time to improve, get their bats going. They'll be fine once they get Agner back. Yeah, and I was like I said, I was surprised because Ryan just talked about the importance of having you know a great number two arm. I think the Magic do have that, despite not necessarily showing it. Um, I think the Magic, I think Chadwick and Liam Jackson are a very, very solid staff. In my opinion, they showed it last year. It didn't quite show through in the last series, but we'll get Chadwick's thoughts as to, I guess, what went wrong for this Magic squad. Jason Chadwick. His first time on Pipe It Up, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I believe so. Hello? Hey, Jason. How's it going, man? What's up, Tom? How are you? Doing good. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon on Pipe It Up. Yeah, of course. So we uh, we just spoke to Ryan, kind of talked about your guys' series. So um, you know, we wanted to get your perspective on, I guess, what didn't go so well for you guys this past yeah. series, and how you're going to try to improve upon that uh, moving forward. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I didn't, we didn't play as well as I expected us to, especially me. Um, my hitting was horrible outside <laughs> of my grand slam, and my pitching, I'm not as concerned about as like the stats would show. Because honestly, last year my biggest issue was just throwing strikes, mm-hmm. and I threw strikes much better last year. I think I only walked like six or seven guys, but they were just like crushing the ball. So I'd much rather allow a home run to like crash than walk three guys in a row. So there's definitely some things that we uh, have to learn from. I really liked how Curdy uh, he looked actually decent against. Yeah, you know, I agree. Probably the- Honestly, like Cratch isn't the easiest guy mm-hmm. to go up against in your first ever series. So you know, him and Liam both had a had a really a uh, couple really good at bats. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we're just excited to get Jack back hopefully next series because he's kind of like our uh, spark plug, you could say. Gives yeah, us all I, of our energy. I agree. So um, yeah, hopefully we can just build on at least well, at least we just took one game. We can build on that one win the uh, the next series we play. Yeah, I mean. I mean, even though I think, yeah, the Predators were pretty dominant um, overall throughout the day, that one win can mean the world <laughs> come later in the season when you're trying to make the postseason. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, for sure. Just look at last year. We exactly. Had, I mean, the last series came down to literally one game with the Cobras. So yeah, so you take wins when you can win, get them. Every, yeah, every win, and this especially just now with how competitive, how competitive every team is, every win is crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. One thing that Ryan pointed out that I thought was interesting, and I, I kind of knew subconsciously, but I hadn't actually looked at the numbers yet. He said something like, and this could be off by a, a series or two, but he said like four out of the last six series that the Predators have played have been against you guys. So yeah, I, think I think that it, really improved how well they were yeah. seeing the ball off you. And that yeah, may have... I know it was because we played on um, the second to last series last year. Mm-hmm. Then two series later, we played in the playoffs. Yeah, and then the first series this year, we played on. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, like, once you see, like, there obviously is no excuse for how I pitch, Mm -hmm. but, like, once you see someone, like, that many times in a row... Yeah, kind of like the World Series. Like it's 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 hard to pitch around a team that can all hit when they've seen you three out of the last four series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I gave um I gave props to Cratch. I said that made his performance even more impressive that you yeah, haven't seen that, that much. Yeah, he he was he was dominant. Like he he wasn't walking kids. His stuff was moving crazy amounts. He's he's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he looked really good. Um, so with. With the return of Jack, I do think Jack is returning to Michigan actually um, like Wednesday or, of this week or something. So I think he'll be back um, for the remainder of the season. Uh, do you plan on utilizing Curdy in like a four-man he, roster or do you want to go he, just three guys? Yeah, I was talking to Jack and the original plan was honestly just to play both Joey and Curdy. And it worked oh, out Joey as Joey. well too, yeah. Because Joey had to leave after the first game, so we were able to put him in for game one. Mm-hmm. But I, I know... He, uh, I think he wants to bring all five when he can, but he wants to stick to like three man lineups. Mm-hmm. Maybe like one of the games throw a fourth guy in there because I think a three man lineup is honestly probably the way to go when you look at like recent World Series champions. Yep. So I mean, I would prefer to stick with three, but I mean, if Curdy gets hits, like we we can't just take him out of the lineup. So yeah. I mean, if he if he keeps hitting the ball, then yeah, I and mean, same with same with Joey. I mean, if they hit the ball, then they're gonna stay in the lineup no matter what. Yeah, you guys were poking jokes at Curdy when he showed up, saying like, "Uh, we'll see how he does today." But he actually had decent at bats all afternoon yeah. long. Yeah, I think he put like four or five balls in play, and I mean, like I said, Crash is not the easiest kid to go up against yeah, in the first ever sure. series. So I mean, I, I was really happy with how he played. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, all right, I think. I th- I want to say your next series is against the Wildcats. So that's going to be a believe, big series for you guys. Is. I think so. Yeah, so I'm interested to see how that one goes down. Um, it'll be cool to see Jack back out there. And like you said, he's for sure a spark yeah. just for you guys, um, both on the him. field and off the field. Just a good presence at the Meadows. So um, I'm yep, looking for forward sure. to it. And I wish you guys the best of luck moving forward. Thank, thank you very much. Yep. You too. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, no problem. Bye-bye. It's interesting to hear about his plan with Curdy. I mean, yeah, I give Curdy credit. He did have a decent afternoon. What do you think? Yeah, I thought so too. And just speaking off what Chadwick said, I'm glad to hear that he still got his confidence in his pitching. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to hear like his dilemma between you know throwing strikes. It's kind of similar to me. Like accuracy is always the number one thing, but like you also like like he said, Cratch hitting a home run versus three walks. Like, would you rather have that? home run and throw strikes or would you rather kind of mix it up throw balls in the dirt uh to get less hits or less walks it's kind of a tough dilemma you know what i mean yeah um you know over the last couple years personally speaking now like i've had my fair share of control issues and i think there can be a balance to it because first of all if you're walking every guy and you can't throw a strike then that's bad yeah yeah, yeah, you're (laughs) you're in big trouble um but where I say the balance comes in is when you have hitters who aren't very confident against your arsenal, if it's wild, they may go up there looking for walks. And if you, even though it's harder on your pitch count, if you work them deeper in the count as a pitcher, but you're confident enough in a 2-2, 3-2 count to hit the zone, a lot of guys will take those pitches because they're looking for a walk they're not confident in their swing. So I think that's kind of where I was in like 2017, 2018 because my pitches had a ton of movement, but a lot of guys were still searching for walks against me instead of trying to hit the ball. Whereas if you're just pounding the zone pitch after pitch, like it sounds like Chadwick was, um, you may not have as many guys out there shopping for walks, whereas the Predators were very confident stepping into the box, 
um, at bat after at bat. We saw Warda hit three home runs in that final game. Um, they had, I think, six total on the series. So I think Chadwick, he has the first half of the battle down, which is throwing strikes. Now he just needs to you know, fine-tune that arsenal and really mix it up. And I, I really think it depends on the batter, too. Like, Especially like this year when I face like Jimmy Norp and Drew Davis and even Kyle Schultz down the line. Like I'll probably try and get that first pitch strike, get the batter down 0-1. Mm-hmm. And then once they're down 0-1, I'm going to throw them basically all junk. To yep. see if they kind of if if I can bait them into getting that second strike, and if I get two strikes on them, then I will attack them again. But I just can't get it down in the count against those guys. Like a two zero three one count, like if I give them a riser down the middle, they're gonna they're gonna hit it out of the yard, no question. Yeah, the goal for me is one hundred percent to get ahead in the count, and really the only series I did that last year was against the Cobras, and I feel like I had every guy o one o two like every time, so I could really get crafty a little bit later in the count, and it was just. It was really easy to be honest. But other days, I can't find the zone. So, plus, if there's nobody on base and you're facing like a, a Norp or a Davis, you can be a little more risky. But if it's like first and second or bases loaded, yep. you got to be really careful. You even if it's bases loaded, sometimes you got to give them the the Barry Bonds treatment. Like Norp, <laughs> he had a grand slam off me. Should I have walked him or just at least pitched around him and just took that one run? I mean, looking back on it now, I could say that, but I don't know. It's a, it's a tough call for sure. Yeah, it's hard. And I, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I guess the way I word it, it's never ideal to be, have a guy like 3-2 or 2-2 where you're trying to throw a strike, but I feel like I had like a weird balance in my career a few years ago where it did work out because a lot of guys who weren't confident were shopping for walks against me, but I had stuff to, to go back in and throw a strike when I needed to. So it worked out in my favor, but getting ahead in the count is still what's most important to me and the number one priority because like I said, that's what happened for me against the Cobras and I had a lot of success in that series. So all right, you got any final comments about that Magic vs. Predators series and video? Uh, nope, I don't think so. I think it was really interesting to hear Chadwick and uh, Cratch talk. I think Magic will bounce back. Magic have good secondary pitching. They'll be fine. They'll get the bats going. Predators obviously have to work on that secondary pitching, as R- Ryan said. Either it be Rudy or Stephen McGlade, or even they should get James Swanson back, I think. He was pretty good last year. So I think really just the secondary pitching for the Preds they need to work on. Yeah, I hope you guys all really enjoyed um, watching the Rudy mic'd up session. Yeah, that was the highlight <laughs> as much of as you should have. That was hilarious. He's just—I've played with him. We've known him for years, and um, you know, Kyle and I talked about how he'd be a good addition to the league, not only for his athletic ability but just for his personality. And I think you guys really saw that in this first video. But all right, good luck to both of those two teams moving forward. Um, before we move on here, we want to do a quick ad read here and a shout out to MWBL Wiffleball and their league. Um, you guys probably heard them last year, but it's been six months since they were here weekly. Your second favorite wiffle ball league is back. MWBL Wiffle Ball is back on Pipe It Up, and they are back on the field as well. So tune in Thursday to see MWBL's opening day series where the Bald Eagles take on the Renegades for their big rivalry series. Their YouTube is MWBL Wiffle Ball, and their Instagram is MWBL underscore media. So shout out to that Wiffle Ball League for once again hopping on the pod for some ad reads. So be sure to check them out. All right, looking at these next slate of games here in MLW, the next four series as of now are looking like Eagles versus Cobras, Mallards versus Predators, D-backs, Gators, and Wildcats versus Magic. Now, the next series you will see on YouTube is going to be Eagles versus Cobras. Um, Dan, you guys did not look good. I'm not going to sure. No, we it. did not. You did not look good in your first <laughs> series against the D-backs. Nope. Credit to them. They're a great team, but you guys did not look good. So you're kind of your back's against the wall here. These are some... You need at least a couple wins this weekend 
to uh, to get the Eagles back on track and what's it going to take? Yeah, you know, I've been waiting for this uh, to just to bounce back, just get another chance at it. He's been itching. I don't know if I've ever had like that bad of a series. <laughs> Getting like when, I don't know when the last time I got swept was in the World Series, but even then, 2019 World Series, yeah, those are good. I games. felt like I played like solid, like every game was going to extras, like I put it all out there. Last series was just horrible. Like <laughs> it was not good. It's the um, wake up call. So man. you know, going into the Cobra series, we just gotta like I keep saying, we gotta burn the tapes. I I know what I'm capable of. We just gotta get the bats going. I say it every time. Uh, Drew, we just gotta get in Drew's head. That's key. That is so key. And then you know, Baranowski's been a little wild, but uh, I think we can get to him as well. Uh, I'll probably have Dallas for, on the mound for that uh, for that game. I'm not pitching, and so. For our game, we're going to have Dallas, me, Clayton, and Neil. Clayton, Clayton's been struggling a little bit. Neil actually had a home run. So, again, just gotta get, we just had got to get the bats going, and hopefully Dallas can improve. He put up four, four, four earned runs last series. Hopefully he can improve that number this series. Yeah, to be honest, Dallas looked solid. I think I mentioned this last week, but he looked very solid. And um, I do think that – I'm not going to say your performance was a fluke, because, like I said, it gets harder when you stop playing sports regularly and it gets harder to throw strikes. But I do think – I'm thinking last week, even though it was week one, was hopefully your season valley and the peaks are coming. Hopefully, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, getting in Drew's head, that's definitely definitely very essential if you want to beat the Cobras. Because once he's off the wagon, it's uh, tough for him to bring in his crew and kind of rezone in. So, um it could go honestly. I could realistically see a Cobra sweep, and I could realistically see an Eagle sweep because that's how the Cobras are. Like it's so up and down with that team. So anything could happen. But I know that you need these wins a lot more than the Cobras do. So you guys got something to play for here. Yeah, I would definitely say just like seeing what Drew's mindset is going into the series will kind of let you know how it's going to go down. <laughs> he, he brings with a lot of energy, and he, he can either so, channel it as good energy or bad energy. So that's going to set the table real quick. I will say for my pitching. That I've been practicing, I, I've made a couple adjustments in Ooh. mind, so I think I'll be more accurate. I think I will be able to resort to that knuckle drop a little more because, like, even last year, like, I, it wasn't accurate, so I couldn't throw it too much. I think I've gotten it to be at the point where I can at least get it over the strike zone, get it over the plate, and just make it something where the hitters have to be aware of it. Hey, this is a guy who had like a .19 ERA just two seasons ago, and here he is now saying, I think I can get it over the plate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. I mean, every pitch, every pitcher, every batter has got there. slumps. I've been there, man. I've that, been there. That's baseball. That's wiffle ball. I mean, like even the greatest even the greatest baseball players to ever do it. I mean, they've had slumps. They've had bad games. It's just it's just how it goes. Yeah, man, I've been there. It's all fun and games until you're you're 22. You're out in your parents' driveway, throwing out a lawn chair, just thinking, "What the heck, man? Why do I suck at this sport that I was once really good at?" Yeah. But, hey, I'm not, I'm not giving up yet. I still have faith in my pitching career that can it, it can rebound, despite having a nice cushion in Trevor Bonham beside me now, which is really nice. It was amazing. I don't know if I touched on this last week, but like I was texting Noah after our series, and he's like, "How'd it go?" And I was telling him, I was like, "It was just so different." Yeah, like I'm pitching every game. You're just so like stressed and like I'm like drenched in sweat and I'm like exhausted. And plus, I'm trying to do stuff for the video too. So it's like holy cow! But it was um even though I was making errors out there and we didn't play amazing, like I had a lot of fun last yeah, week. It yeah. was fun <laughs> just chilling out in right field and just kind of. I mean, okay, it was fun. I guess too because Trevor was pitching really good, so there wasn't a lot of st- a lot to stress about. I'm sure it wasn't great to watch me walk guys from behind me, but Trevor wasn't walking anybody, so it, I had fun. 
um, despite the errors. Um, it was nice to win a couple games, of course, but I actually had a really good time last week. So that's true. That's funny that you bring that up because, like, I'm honestly so used to like pitching that, like, for that third game when I'm not pitching, it feels so weird to be in the field or in in like well, not what, in the pitcher's mound. Like, yeah, I feel like I'm a good defender, but I just have like not that much experience. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so I still consider myself well I should, no that's that's not true i don't consider myself a good defender anymore i used to be really good but um what i'm trying to say is like last year because i knew noah and steve were more reliable out there because they were out there for every game for several years for us like when trevor was pitching last year i didn't even play in the field i would just sit on the bench because i was tired too from pitching yeah so like yeah it was very different because now like trevor and caden aren't necessarily like my close friends or anything like steve and noah were so it's a really different feel but i had a i had a lot of fun and i'm actually looking forward a lot to our next series and um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I would say for the Eagles for defense, I usually have to be on the field because like Neil, Clayton, Dallas, they're not like super fast guys. So it's either mm-hmm. me or Whalen in left. And mm-hmm. I guess if Blade he he will eventually come, he can play left field too. But it, that is an interesting conversation. Yeah, I think so for sure. All right, why don't we get into our fan question of the day? Q Q Q, Q of the day. If you would like to submit a question for the Q of the day, please submit them to at PipeItUpMLW on Instagram. This week's question comes from Akshath Rajaram on Instagram, and he said, In MLW history, what are some almost moves that never happened? And so his examples he gave was Warda joining the Cats prior to 2019, Cobras trading Flynn the sixth pick for the third pick in 2020. So like, I don't know, some big moves in the league that never actually happened um, I want to start this one and saying that I want to say in 2017, Kyle was on the Wildcats with the Ruley twins and Zach Whalen, right? And there was a conversation here that he might join the Predators. If you go back and watch, um, I think Kyle was interviewing the Predators when they lost their postseason series against the Cobras. And, like, when he's interviewing them, he goes, we'll be in some off-season talks. Remember yeah. that? In 2017, Kyle was thinking about joining the Predators. So that's a huge move that never happened. And I think probably for the best because the Predators ended up winning. Um, and Kyle is now developing this Wildcats team. And he also won a championship the following year with the Cats. So that's the first one that comes to my mind as a huge move that didn't quite happen. What do you got, Dan? Yeah, well, I just want to say, yeah, I remember Kyle talking about that just because he wanted Alec to win a World Series so much, and so he wanted the team Exactly. I remember, like, that was a real thing. I thought that had potential to happen, but the one, I got two that I kind of had in mind. One is uh, with Clayton Price, especially, like, a few years ago. Like, I always loved him on the team, honestly, but, like, in terms of, like, when the league was expanding, I always had it in mind or I always encouraged him, like, you know, to take the next step in the league and, like, maybe building his own team was a possibility. Kind of like he did with Ryan when he left. Yeah, I don't – it really never got up to the point where it was going to happen. But, you know, I always thought of it as a possibility, and I thought that would have been interesting. But the the second one was just the fact that there was was a lot of trade talks for the MLW 2021 draft with the Eagles. Nothing – I don't know if – Let's get into these. Well – I'll just say I don't want to. I don't know if I want to go too deep, but uh, the Eagles were in talks with the Magic and the Preds, I believe. Yep, those two teams, and there were definitely some names being thrown around. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know if I should mention those names, oh, but man, uh, you tease us like that. I'll just say 
Okay, I'll mention. Names. I mean, what's the worst that can? Is this gonna be? Is it bad if we mention well, names? I don't even. For the record, I don't even know what he's talking about. So this is news to me as well. well so great, great fan question. Eventually, none of this happened because I wanted to keep that third and fifth pick for Dallas and Blade. But I'll just say I wanted. I would. I asked for Chadwick from the Magic for Ooh. those two draft picks. Have I never mentioned this I on the podcast? So. I, don't I, know. I asked for Chadwick from the Magic for those two draft picks, and, and it didn't happen. The Magic didn't want to give him up, which I figured. I just figured Chadwick was like, you know, a solid player already in the league. But, uh, you know, whatever, it, it comes down to I'm glad I got Dallas and I'm glad I got played, and I think they'll be just as good. But, uh, I mean, obviously, like, who, who wouldn't want Chadwick? He had a great year last year. True. so. But other names were being thrown around. Flynn, Joey Flynn was being um, kind of mentioned a little bit. And the Preds, too. Preds, did, Preds talks didn't get as much attention, if I remember. But I was talking with both of them. So that that was kind of interesting. Dan was making moves, man. He was, in the, he was in the GM's office just dealing players like Billy Bean and Moneyball. <laughs> well, I mean, when you have two draft picks on the table, I feel like a lot of people are going to be start to talking with you. But Yeah, that's true. It almost happened. It was very close. If, if Dallas and Blade were not on the draft board i would have definitely been in more talks i'll just say that but the fact that those two were there i wanted them for sure i think those were those are solid picks i don't think you made the wrong move i pretty much knew drew was taking baronowski in like january or maybe even before that yeah he was talking like so early so i knew like i had the whole board in front of me and i knew i could take everybody besides him so i i was doing i focused my offseason on just doing research as to who i wanted to draft and I landed on Caden. But um, one more move I'll mention, and this was never very – this is probably less serious than – I guess maybe equal serious to Kyle joining the Predators. But So when I wanted to – when my high school baseball career was wrapping up, so this was like 2016, 2017, I once joked about like – I was like, oh, when I finish high school baseball and travel ball, like I'll finish baseball and then I'll just join the Seahawks for like the playoffs trying to lead us to a World Series oh or something God. like that. Wow. But – then I like realized Noah like didn't want to stay there. I was like, oh, we should just make our own team, and it ended up working out. So never happened. But that was something I kind of entertained doing was like joining the Seahawks like mid season and then trying to make some crazy run and winning that's a ring so, with the Seahawks. That's so funny. <laughs> I always people I always see people comment like bring back the Seahawks, bring back the Astros, bring back the Nighthawks. I, I thought that would be so funny if you would have joined the Seahawks. Oh man, hey, we would have been we would have been if we had me and Noah, we'd have been good. Yeah. It's been basically just a mallard with a lot of extra body fat. It, it's funny, like when you were talking earlier about the mallards, like it's so in, like I always think of the mallards with you, Noah, and Steve, and like mm-hmm. seeing it now, you, it's Kate, totally and different. Bonham. Totally it's like a totally different feel. New look mallard team. That's what I was said in the intro. It's of crazy. Our video. It's crazy how two years of it's it's just totally different. We just came off the rails. Oh, well, I'll add one more story. Um, one more move. This made no sense to me. It still doesn't, and never did. Noah was talking about how I should how I should withhold information from the league about Noah leaving to Maryland, and I should trade him and try oh to get something God. for him, even though he's gonna be gone. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I feel like everybody would know. Like, I feel like it wouldn't. You wouldn't he's like. Be able well, to... I can still play a couple games with them, and who knows? Maybe my job will not happen. I'm like. Then I want you to play for me. Like I don't want you playing for somebody else. It just didn't make any sense. But one more little tidbit of information to add to that segment. But that's funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> but great question. Um, we look forward to next week's Q of the day as well. All right, Dan. It is that time of pipe it up again, where we uh, <laughs> we t- talk about stuff that has nothing to do with football. So let's get into the tail of the rail. Tail of the rail. There's a Q 
coming in from the Western Front. <laughs> All right, so we kind of alluded to this last week. We talked about last week, um, we were getting on a rant and our side tangent about like what we did in our childhood and how technology is ruining kids because we're so old now. I'm basically still a kid and I'm talking about this, but we got into an interesting topic of games that we made up as kids. And I think this is a great topic for a story, just talking about what kind of games we invented as children in the neighborhood that we live in. Um, and we got pretty creative, I'm not going to lie. So Brendan Schultz, shout out to Brendan, he's probably listening to this right now. He's apparently a Pipe It Up listener every week. And uh, he texted me about this and was like, oh, I came up with a list of all the games we made up as, as kids. And I guess he's got a better memory than I do because when I read through this list, this is a page-long text, and I couldn't even believe what he came up with. So I didn't, and I didn't want to share this with Daniel yeah, until we were he filming. he hasn't told me, so you're going to get my raw reaction. I wanted just Daniel to hear these. Just so I can remember. So these are all things that we did. When I say we, I mean the Schultz brothers, me, and then also my sister, Rachel Coughlin. We would hang out like, every day in the summers growing up and after school too every day. So number one, <laughs> this is from Brendan. The game where we tossed the ball pit balls into the insulation in your basement. Oh my gosh. Should we explain that more? <laughs> yeah. So at my house, so oh my if God. you guys go back and watch, what do we even call those videos? They're basically podcasts. We would film them. They're like a video podcast of me and Kyle, MLW Live, MLW Tonight, mm -hmm. MLW Tonight. Those are filmed in my basement. But when I was a kid, until I was like 10 years old, that was an unfinished basement. It was just cement. Um, you know, no walls. It was just the two by fours, um, very bare, nothing like a dungeon basically. And we had a ball pit down there and we had like, only thing in the basement was we had a little Lego table about this, like maybe like a three by three Lego table. We had a ball pit that was maybe, I don't know, like how, how, how big was that thing? Maybe the size of like a shower. I don't even remember. It wasn't big. A little ball pit where like it had plastic balls inside of it. And then it had we had a little tiny coffee table with a big Sony TV on it. We had a GameCube. That was it. And it was just we would hang down there as kids, and that was all. No carpet, nothing like that. Just <laughs> nothing. Bare. So at the top of the ceiling, the final like foot of the ceiling, you could see the insulation of the house. You know, it basically looks like cotton candy if you don't know what I'm talking about. And so we would take the balls from the ball pit, and for some reason we thought it was fun to try to throw them at the insulation and get them to stick. Because not every single one you'd throw would stick. They would fall probably, what, nine out of ten times? What would you say? I don't even remember. Daniel was so young. I was so young I was probably this, three or dude. four. I vaguely remember <laughs> like, this. Daniel was probably barely taking I barely even, steps. Yeah, I barely remember that. <laughs> he was so – Brendan was probably six, maybe seven. I was probably five, and Daniel might have been three or four. We were so young. So anyway, by the end of the hour long – but the thing was balls would fall throughout the day. We tried to get a record of how many balls we could stick into the insulation at one time <laughs> – so I don't know how many. It sounds many, so boring. <laughs> it, I, this was what we did. I don't know. And so I think we record one time was like into the 30s. Like we had so many up there. My parents would get so mad at us. But like they fell out. It didn't matter. But yeah, we like, we'd get to like 10. Like, oh, we got 10. We got 10. We'd keep throwing them. And then like three or four would fall at one time. We'd have to restart. And it would just go on for hours. Literally hours. We'd be throwing the balls into the insulation. When you, when you mentioned ball pit, I actually thought you were going to – Mention a different game. Oh, I think it's on Do the list. You, yes. in, okay, it's yeah, on the list. I, I won't. List. I won't mention it now. If you don't mention it, I will mention it at the end. But okay, because yeah. I did think of another. So game. here it is: the game in our. This is from Brendan again. Yeah, the game in our pop-up tent where we had to find yep. the hidden yep. object yep. and Jeez, make this it game the other got side intense, of the room. Man. So this one, the Schultzes had like a little pop-up 
like ten. a little playhouse like a little playhouse it was such a small room you could fit like a little tent three or four children in there and yeah. that was it and it was tight this game was fun so what we do is we take a hacky sack like a yellow and blue hacky sack and we put it in the middle of the floor in there yeah and then one person would be in charge of like covering the tent like to the ceiling with like pillows blankets random toys just it's literally literally needle needle in a haystack so then and then at the beginning where the door was to the tent, you'd like line up a wall all the way to yeah. the top. So then we'd all say go. We'd sprint down across the basement and we'd barge in and try to find the needle in the haystack. And it was – what were we even doing? It took a while sometimes. I just remember so I just remember that game being so intense. Like I would go in and you and Kyle would instantly <laughs> tag team and just punch and kick poor, me. Poor you would not let me win as long as you or Kyle won. It well, then was plus, okay. Plus, once we found it, then once someone found it, you try to make it a secret so you can sneak out of the tent and run across the, oh, inside yeah. the basement. So then, like, yeah. people would be getting tackled and wrestled inside and the ball would get re-lost and it was so fun. Yeah, yeah, because you had to grab it and then sneak your way out yeah. and then I think get back to where you if, came if from. If you saw someone with the ball, it was fair game to tackle them and pin them down in there. That was the problem with Brendan because he was years older than us. He was a lot stronger than us, so... If he saw me with the ball, I was over. I couldn't. I couldn't move. I was pinned. That's like. There's another game. Did he? Brennan mentioned the game uh, where we would go sledding, and then oh, what was that called? Where we'd line up, and whoever got the farthest down the, the hill demolition won. Derby. Demolition it's derby. on the list too. Okay, so I well, can, I can, that's similar. I can. In a way. I can skip to that one. He says sledding at the Ruley's house, and then crashing the sled. So we called it demolition derby. Stupidest thing ever. Looking back on it, there was no real motive. <laughs> no, and we was... also had a ramp at the bottom, so that would make it even more interesting. But we call it demolition derby. We'd all line up our sleds at the top of the hill, and it's a pretty. It's like a kid's dream sledding hill. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's big awesome. enough. It's probably like, it's a steep hill. It's not like huge, but it's big enough to where you can have a great time. And um, so we'd line up at the top. We'd go three, two, one, go, and instantly we'd all just try to crash into each other. Yeah. And, like whoever made it the furthest down the hill was the winner, even though the winner didn't get anything. We just do it again. Yeah, there was no real goal besides like crashing. Like it was, <laughs> and like if you were going pretty fast, which you would, because the hill was super steep. We'd have a big ramp we'd build at the oh bottom. Oh my god! So you'd be like in the middle of fighting and wrestling some other kid on a sled you moving, both go up. and you'd fly <laughs> off a ramp halfway. I had bruised ribs. I remember I like hurt my knee on a tree one time. Uh, it was so fun though. Why was that so funny? I just remember the only reason I brought that up is because we were talking about how you and Kyle would team up against me. Literally, in Demolition Derby, the first thing Kyle and Tommy would do is just push me off the side. <laughs> Tip the sled. And then they would go for Rachel. It was always them against me and Rachel. It was so funny. Well, I can remember like literally like holding on to someone else's sled and like my sled's already gone and I'm like being dragged down yeah. the hill basically. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like now if I did that, like I'd care, I'd be in the hospital. Like when you're a kid, you're just indestructible, I feel like. Your body just can take so much. And we were out there. We were freezing cold out for there for hours. like three hours. We would go hours. out there. We'd go out there literally all day. And we did this one like for a while. Like we were probably into our like close to middle school years easily. Yeah. Like fifth, sixth grade, fourth, well, we were third, fourth, younger, fifth. Yeah. You were younger. I was probably in like third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. We'd like get hot chocolate, go out there, first light, like 9 a.m. We were out on a snow day. Yeah. We'd get man. out there first thing in the morning. What else we, would you be doing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'd not, get out there first thing. Not only would we be making the ramps, remember when we made like the kind of like the path with like yeah, the, the, banked turns. the banked turns on either side? Like Every, and it would kind of like wind and it turn. Was, it was a yearly tradition. The that first snowfall awesome. of the year, it was us, all of us out there, including the Ruli twins, and we build a, building a ramp at the bottom of the hill. And we make it. We make it as wide as the hill. Yeah. So you couldn't miss it if you tried. And you, 
get air. Like we were so yeah. light as kids. I was yeah. so skinny and small. Like on my ski doo sled, it was just I would fly off that thing. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Plus we had like the perfect sleds where it was like yeah, I don't yeah. know I don't even know if they make them like this anymore. But it's like it's just they so don't. aerodynamic. They don't they would because fly. when we got a little, like like I said in the middle school years. Then we wanted to buy new sleds because our sleds were so awesome, but they were just getting old. <laughs> and we bought some, and it's like, yeah, they they made them more safe. Like, they yeah. don't go as fast. Yeah. My Ski-Doo that I had was, like, one of those foam sleds that's, like, basically, like, yeah. a thin piece of foam. Just flat on the bottom. But, yeah, but it had skis on it. The new ones don't have the skis, so it doesn't go nearly as fast, and it's so lame. But, I mean, I feel bad. For my kids, I'm going to, like, <laughs> I got to, like, keep my sled so that my kids can use my fun sled because – I mean, if you end up in the hospital, that is what it yeah, is. Yeah, I probably just took one bad accident for the company, and then they had to make I know, but that's so safety lame. measures. That's so lame. <laughs> it is what it is. If you got in a sliding accident, I apologize. We've had plenty of tears, and I thought I broke my leg one time on the tree, <laughs> like I said. But I can remember one time, I might have been playing Demolition Derby, I don't remember. But Kyle, like, fell and was crying. My sled was going so fast, I couldn't stop, and oh I just my. nailed him. And then your dad was there, and your dad got mad at me, but... I don't remember that. Hey, good times, man. That, that must have been when we were really young. Good times. That's all I can say. All right. What's the next one? I, lo- I love doing this. <sighs> I know. This, this is, is great. Okay. This is really young, too. We, we didn't play this one for very long, but I'm looking at the evidence right now on the wall. Playing soccer. Oh, my god. Brendan and the Schultz brothers basically versus the Coughlin kids. So we had a mini soccer ball, and I'm sure people have done this that are listening, where like you have a goal on the wall. Basically, like you have boundaries, and you try to kick it against the wall, and that's a goal. One time I was being a goalie and my my buttocks went through the Schultz's wall and I'm not joking, like it's out of a movie once again. Um, I had the impact on the wall. I turn around and there's just two cheek imprints just <laughs> right through the drywall. And I was so embarrassed and scared of like what the parents would do to me. I just left like immediately. I think your guys' nanny was over. I was probably only five or six years old. Yeah, I was gonna say that might be one of my earliest memories. <laughs> Me now going that I think about it, literally, because I, I remember that clear as day, you going right <laughs> through the wall. I'm gonna post that picture on Instagram of the of the drywall patch. And I've like, yeah, like I've always. That's so funny. Like there's there's always been a like a wall in my hole, and just the the paint job is just not right. And I never oh, even thought about I'm it, sorry. but that's been there for like ten years. More probably. fifteen. Fifteen I, we were years. So young. Yeah. Oh man. Well. Yeah, that happened. My butt went through the wall. Um, let's see what else was on this I feel list. I like that happened more than once, too. Didn't we patch it up and then someone did it again? So I think that patch you're looking at is not from me. Yeah, no, there's one to the left. To the left too. is my butt. So the, there's the left two. is my butt. Okay, yeah, so it's happened twice. I don't remember what the second one I was. I think it was just you guys down here. It wasn't me. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it's happened twice, which is just so right, weird. What else do we got in here? Capture the flag around the house. That was fun. Is there capture the flag players, listeners? I feel like, that's really I feel like most people yeah. are familiar with capture the flag. Because the Schultz's house Pretty has simple. like a very accessible front yard, which is Colts Field, and backyards. Like we have a team in the front yard, team in the backyard, and that was a lot of fun. Not too much like funny details or weird rules. We didn't really invent that game necessarily. No, we would just hide a tennis ball and we would yeah. say like it has to be somewhat visible mm-hmm. to the eye. Yep. So people could actually find it. But once again, it was never fair though because you were so much younger than Kyle and I. Yeah, that's why Dan's such a great guy now. He just he was came out of the trenches against his brothers. <laughs> I would never. We win trained that him. Game. You guys like Dirty Dan? That's because he was playing against the older kids his whole life. All right, um, he has written down here basketball trick shots in front of the house. I'm oh, sure yeah. people have seen those videos before. If you look, isn't it still on the MLW Football the very, Channel? The very first one. All right, look, go to 
Go to video uploads and sort them oldest to newest, and you'll see the very first video is basketball trick shots. Yeah, we used to do that. I, yeah, just even in our room, like with the mini hoops, we used to do that on outside. Oh, Daniel, I have a memory here that you're not even going to know you had. It's going to trigger a part of your brain you didn't know existed. Okay, what is that? The bike racing league. Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember that. <clears throat> I remember that because... I, I still have a photo in my room of me, like, on the bike, and you used to put, like, stats of, like... Guys, it was the stupidest thing, because our driveways are not big. No. We would have a chalk loop. It was basically like NASCAR on bikes. we just go around and around and around, over and over again, and I think Brendan would run would win just about every bike race we ever had. I didn't win hardly any, but we, we would do bike races, like, every day. Yeah, I remember bikes. in the summer... Get- I think you were on training wheels still. Getting the chalk out and making all those courses. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think yeah. you were still on training wheels. I barely remember that. I don't know if I was. When I read the bike racing league on this text message, I was like, oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. I cannot believe we actually did that. That was so that. long ago. I have another one in mind if you don't say it. Okay, what else? He's got frisbee golf around the neighborhood. So you can uh, talk about this. We just this. played that. Me and Kyle yeah. just played it for nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, we had like an actual like a nine-hole course around yeah. our neighborhood of frisbee golf we play with like ultimate frisbee it was really fun literally the holes were just like the neighborhood signs and like the speed limit signs and you would just it was it was fun all right dan this won't be another one you probably forgot about how do you remember 99 minute super smash bros battles see i you the, were so the young. problem with this is i would like the people playing would be you brennan and kyle like you i didn't spectate. have yeah, like I would, I would never play. Because you were so young. I think I got the GameCube when I yeah, was Yeah, but you, you would never give up the remote to me or Rachel. <laughs> like that wouldn't happen. So That's true. Like I remember I remember you playing that game and I remember you playing, was it uh, Super Strikers at the soccer? soccer Mario yeah. Soccer. But I wouldn't play that one too much either. But I think I remember me, Kyle, and Brendan playing that one and Brendan was way better than Kyle and me. Wait, what was the 99 what? So we would do... Super Super Smash Smash Bros is still a game. They make new yeah, games. I know. Before the the one on the GameCube, we would make a custom battle and make it the longest time you could do was ninety nine minutes. That's an hour and thirty nine minutes, and we would just sit there and do it. And I'm talking once a week we'd do this. We would just sit there in my basement, unfinished, cold, creepy dungeon, and sit there on the cement floor and play ninety nine minutes Super Smash Bros. How, how would you know who won? It would tell you at the end. It oh would, really? It would declare a winner. <laughs> did you usually like? Was it a big reveal? Like, or did you guys kind of know? Usually knew. We usually knew. I think it was usually Brendan. Yeah, Brennan was always really good. At I that was like game. three or four years old, and he was like seven. I mean, Brennan was yeah. I mean, he was the oldest, so I mean, he had yeah. the, probably the most knowledge, the most of brain, how to play, the most brain power. <laughs> <laughs> My brain was still growing, but yeah, that was stupid. Once again, how was that fun for an hour and thirty nine minutes straight? Well, oh, super. I'm gonna much. mention a game. I don't know if Brennan has it on there, but I don't want to forget. Mm-hmm. Is body ball on there? Remember that? Body ball is not in there. This is one we actually invented. This is the one, one with we the actually invented, right? With yeah, the, the with, blankets, with the, with the, blankets. the crease. Yeah, the, the crease. crease. So body ball, it's like a mix of hockey and they. I don't even know. You, we Rugby. played a version of it in gym class. It was basically like uh, there was goals and there was mini sticks, like mini sticks hockey goals on the ground. Yeah, we'd play it in the air, like it was a game played with your hands that was with a sock, a mini soccer ball, and you'd pass it, and you could do like trick shots or like super. You had each, yeah, you, each player had their own. Once like, again, we we it's invented like Pokemon. Once, had, yeah, you, once again, we, we invented this game. You had like your own specialty shot. Yeah, we like each created our own specialties. Yeah. Where like if you were wide open and no one could touch you, you, you would do, do like your specialty spin. move and then shoot, and that one would count as two goals. Like <laughs> Kyle would go through the legs twice. I would do a three sixty. I always change mine. I never had like a set one. Never had your signature move. No, not been a signature player. I would always forget <laughs> what mine was the previous game. Well, the, what ruined that was when. 
when we got older, like Brendan was the first one to get older and like grow and stuff. So then mini six got a lot less fun when we got like a little older because then yeah. Brendan was like so, uh, so much taller than us. Like for goalie, he would take up the whole net. We're like, dude, this is crazy. Yeah. You're so much taller you than us now. You have to be like a pin perfect you shot. You have to have a perfect in. shot against Brendan. Me, I was like a little shrimp over there on the other side being a goalie. And yeah, I you was, were the goalie. I, I was pretty good at sniping. We were, we were all like, we, we, we would play this game. We would play this game. Sticks. Another game we invented where you would shoot six mini sticks balls and the highest score would win. And you try to go two off the left post, two off the crossbar, and two off the right post from like probably 10 yards away, maybe 15 yards away across this basement. And you'd be surprised. We would have guys go like four for six of that accurate of shots. I don't we remember were so doing good. That. Me and Kyle would do that all the time. Huh. But so I don't want to take too much time with these. I enjoy telling these stories, but I don't know how much the fans like <laughs> But I do want to give this opportunity to everybody who's listening. Um, so I want to know about a game you – invented or a super nostalgic thing that you've done kind of like how we mentioned like doing a game that's 99 minutes long or creating a game like body ball or like pin or the needle in the haystack game um throwing balls into insulation out send those submissions to pipe it up mlw on instagram and whatever one i think is the coolest or most unique i'm going to share next week on the show oh that's cool i mean we have more too we could go on this for um, hours we could i mean i'm trying to think quickly of anything else so yeah body ball we invented we we, we created um, so many different variants of just like different baseball every, games yeah like setting oh, up oh we so that's what we talked about last week we should get into more detail about that story the baseball yeah game, that was so which fun. one the one with with the, with the pillows on the okay ground. okay this game's iconic and i would encourage everyone to make their own setup this is like the basically the stepping stone into MLW was this pretty game. much. This was the stepping stone. This is before it's MLW. Similar. I mean, it is a ball bat. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So first of all, the basics. The wiffle ball. The bat we would use was essentially like the big blue bat we would use. It was just. It was just like a little yellow it was kitty a, bat. It was probably about fourteen inches long. Yeah, it's a little plastic ki- kitty, kitty bat. bat. Yeah, like you give to a baby to hit off a tee with. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like an infant, like a toddler. Um, it did pop to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we – so that was the bat, and the ball was like yeah. a, a ball pit ball, yeah. a plastic ball. And so how it would work is the Schultz's basement is probably about 15 to 20 yards in length, and it's a pretty skinny area, probably only about five yards wide. And Really, you just need a back wall to – well, I guess yeah. even not, but – So then we'd stand at one end of the basement, and then halfway down would be the first pillow on the ground – then um, there'd be an, a couple steps, like one step gap and then a second pillow, one step gap, then a third pillow, and then a one step gap. And then the fence was a blue like yoga mat it or could be exercise anything. mat. It yeah. could be anything. Anything you can prop up that'll stand up on its own is your fence. So then all you would do is stand at one end and you'd toss the ball up to yourself and hit it. And you'd have the guy. So it was one on one. And the outfielder you would have would be playing in the outfield, usually like right next to the fence. It, it would depend on the situation. Yeah, they could be would. playing like yes. again, like singles or like preventing a home run. God, this game was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop filming MLW videos and just make this channel about this. It'd be so hard now that we're game. so big. It'd it would be, be it would because we can touch the ceiling now. So yeah, it'd cool. be impossible. So because before you could hit like an untouchable home run yeah. ball right at the top, we of were the, the perfect height. Yeah, we for were. this game. So anyway, so you would toss the ball up to yourself and you'd hit it. And if it hit anywhere past the first pillow, but not the second pillow, that'd be a single yeah. in the air. If you hit it past the second pillow in the air, but not the third, that's a double. Past the third pillow or off the wall would be a triple. And then over the fence was a home run. Now, if you hit a ball on the ground before the first pillow, they had to field it cleanly for it to be an out. That's where that video last week came in of us yelling because I made two errors in a row and it like cost me the game. And I yeah. was debating with Kyle, who was the umpire. 
Um, so it's really, first of all, it's really hard to hit a fair ball because like you had a very tight window. You couldn't yeah. hit it left or right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to make the fair foul lines pretty, very tight, very tight. It's not like, it's that not like baseball. Give your defender a, a fair chance to field any ball to yeah. towards him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that. And it'd be three outs. Um, then you switch side to play. We play three innings. I think it was a three inning game. I think it was yeah. a three inning game. Cause we would do like go quick. so many they'd games. Go quick. We do like yeah. round robin and then we do like a playoff bracket. Yeah. That was probably my favorite game we've ever invented. Yeah, we played that one. It was probably the so most fun. out of any. We have just like MLW. We'd have games like it was like twelve to six with two outs in the last inning, and then it'd be like single, single, double, triple, and then dinger, and like it'd be the craziest comebacks ever. And we'd be so hyped. We'd do tournaments between like me, Kyle, Brennan, and Daniel, and like sometimes our friends would come over. I don't know if Rachel ever played that game. I can't. Yeah, remember. no, me and Rachel always had the closest games. You remember? Oh, okay, yeah. I remember. I don't remember exactly, but those games always got intense. I remember. Yeah, that game. We should set it up down here, Daniel. Although just we, we got all our we got our filming set up now down here for all of our documentaries and yeah, maybe shoots. it may be hard for fans to visualize. We might yeah, have to send. a picture. We should set it up and send a picture of it because it was just iconic, so much fun. And that was the that was the start of our plastic baseball and wiffle ball days right there. But wow, I, they probably can't picture the game. But either way, even if you can't picture it, just make up one of your own and make just, up games. Just take your imagination with you. And yeah, you'll it's be fine. So fun. <laughs> I know. The problem is, is our audience now that listens to this podcast is probably too old to even be doing that. Like we were, nah, I'm sure, probably well, like ten years old doing that. What do you think? Hey, hold I, on. Honestly, I don't remember. Be a kid. For when, when did we play this game? I don't know. We were like probably. I feel like I was in 10, 11, 12. Was I in elementary school? Yeah, I think you were probably in elementary school. Like first, second grade. Me and Kyle were like fourth, fifth grade. I mean, it's still fun. I would still play this game now. <laughs> I'm not kidding, dude. That game, that game was fun, man. Hey, yeah, don't get old. Getting old sucks. So you got to hang on to being a kid for as long as you possibly can. But um, I think that's wrapped, Dan. What do you think? Yeah, that was We're really fun. Like 50 minutes or so. That was a fun show. That was um, great going down memory lane for a bit. Oh, that game was so fun. All those games are fun. Being, we had a good... You look back on it, we had a great childhood. We had a good so, run. So much fun. <laughs> good run We're still kids. going. Hey, there's Mr. Schultz outside cutting the grass. You might be able to hear him. But um, I probably got to go home and cut my grass as well. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in this week to another episode of Pipe It Up. Um, as I mentioned, Jack Agner will probably be returning as a co-host in the next episode or the following week. Um, thanks again for MWBL for grabbing that sponsorship slot. And we will see you guys next week for another exciting episode. Dan! What? Let's go, dude. We got Chadwick and Crouch on the line waiting. I'm coming. Yeah, I don't have all day. Let's go. I'm coming. Jeez.